And hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. And I'm very excited about this one. We have our Zoomer, Patrick. Hello. And we have Paul along with us. And now I'm so thrilled, all the way from Nashville, she's back. Uh, Alyssa Trahan, hi. Hi. And uh, I was really glad to see you at Homesteads for Hope. It's one of my favorite places. They've done such great work there. And you put on a great thing for their anniversary. And it was a good way to go out before it poured for a week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. We had so much fun at that show. It was such a beautiful place. The weather was great. And it was it was just so much fun. That was actually the final show on my tour that I just did this summer. So it was a great way to close it out. We had a lot of fun. It should be a marker there saying where I did yoga in the barn, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's but awesome. One of the questions, we had the Pickle Mafia on. This is the band here. They actually make pickles and they give them out to the audience. So they may have you beaten. They may have you beaten. That's so funny. My bass player has been telling me I need to start my own like pickle company because obviously I'm, I love pickles. I have my song pickle jar. My tip jar at my shows is literally a pickle jar. And my bass player was like, you got to take this to the next step. Like, what are you doing? So he was like, you gotta, you gotta make your own brand of pickles and sell them at your merch table. And I was like, I don't know, man, maybe we'll see. We'll see. A lot of artists. We'll sell them on the, we'll sell them on the carnival. Yeah, but there you do, go. You have a, do you have a favorite or do you like anyone you'll have any jar in front of you? Um, I really like dill pickles. I like the Colossan pickles. And then I really like um, half sour pickles. If you've ever had those, mm. they're really, really good. They're different. Um, I like garlic dill. Really anything that's not sweet pickles. I love I don't like sweet pickles and sweet relish. I think that's like blasphemy i don't like it (laughs) (laughs) there seems to be two camps of pickle people you know there's the sweet pickle people and there's a dill people i like them both but i am partial to like a bread and butter Mm. uh but it's not everybody's tips a little bit too tangy for some people so i like bread and butter those are good yeah they're they're not too you know and here we thought we were going to talk about music today. Hey, no, you know pickles. <laughs> no. <laughs> if I'm there, it's going to be pickles or cats. It's going to be one of the two. <laughs> we have. You might see them. Oh, you're not. We had. We had a couple of them roaming There's around a, in here. Yeah, I got to keep. Aww, them. you might see right mine there. as well. There's one right there. Yeah, it's. Oh. <laughs> but oh, lastly, yeah. now the irony. Last time you were on the show, and Andy says hi. By the way. Hi, Andy. Uh we were on the show and I'm thinking, great, you're going to be playing here in a couple months. I got your dates on my calendar. Oh, and then what happened? <laughs> uh, good times. Yeah. Yeah. That was a uh, fun time. <laughs> and I want to, I talk about a lot because I really try to help artists on the show, obviously and musicians, and you got to understand people love the music, but you're making a living and how this really, this hits you. How did it affect you just having to deal with it and cope? It was really tough. Um, I still remember the day that everything shut down. I was just sitting at home. I was just sitting on my couch and, you know, I was looking at the news and I was like, wow, this is pretty scary. Like, I hope, you know, nothing has to get canceled and whatnot. And then I lost so many gigs in just the course of 24 hours. I just watched my entire literally my year's worth of income just go away just Mm -hmm. to nothing. And I just remember I was sitting there and I was like, how the hell am I going to pay my bills? I genuinely had no idea how I was going to pay my bills because I mean, live shows is probably 98% of my income. That's, that's my job. That's what I do. Right. So I was just, I was sitting there and I was like, Oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I was right in the middle of planning my record. 
that I was working on. And, you know, we were planning on doing it the, the, the like old fashioned way, I guess you could say, where you go into the studio, you hire the musicians, you do that whole thing. And I was getting all that together and setting up the dates and stuff. And then that just got taken away too. And I was, I was sitting right here in my studio and I was just thinking about how I promised my fans an album and now it looks like that wasn't going to happen. One thing I really hate doing is telling my fans something's going to happen and then it doesn't. So I never announce stuff until it's like set in stone usually. And, you know, I told them, I was like, we're going to do an album. It's finally happening. And then this happened. So um, long story short, it's what made me self-produce my record. But it, just that day that everything shut down, it was like, just truly having no idea how I was going to make it through the year, you know, just truly like looking at my schedule, just everything getting grayed out. And just like my boyfriend and I were just like, how, how are we not going to get kicked out of our apartment? Like, how are we going to buy our cats food? How are we going to buy us food? How are we going to buy toilet paper? That was the whole thing. And yeah, it was, it was rough, but uh, made it through. Made it through. So you really adapted. And I, I asked you the question. You can't see it here. It's the comfy couch shirt. I feel, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Just, I feel so much part of like this special group. And I think Aww. our other guy is here. <laughs> oh, but oh, don't, don't even pay attention to him. He's a drummer. So let's <laughs> bring Greg on. But what you did, you adapted really good. And I think, you know, and for me, I had this is Greg. He's a drummer. So that's why Hi. he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> this is Alyssa. Hi. He's still doing it, so. Okay, I had to come back on the computer, sorry. <laughs> so when you're in town, if you need a drummer. <laughs> Good to know. I'm, I'm Debbie Kloss today. <laughs> they did a good job, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those outer limits things where they take another face and put it on the guy <laughs> well, one of those things when you started i literally had because you know i would go out almost some days every day there would be concerts here i had my calendar be you meg williams hayes carl all these others during the week and i do apologize for some of the crazy comments like i made about hot pockets and stuff like <laughs> during <your> shows. <laughs> No worries. I'm like, oh no, you actually read them. <laughs> like I do read the my comments. And I think you I did. It. You know, the only people who did it were you and Hayes Carl. Well, you made it a thing where I have a tour shirt from you and from Hayes Carl. The he does it alone together tour shirt, and I think you got quite a following. It was really interesting when we started the Comfy Couch Tour. I just remember it was around my birthday too, because everything shut down really close to my birthday. Um, and I was like, man, like touring is such a part of me. I need to keep doing it. I don't know how, but I need to keep doing it. And I had done a couple like live streams and things like that in the past. So I just kind of got this idea of doing a tour in a different quote unquote venue every night. So every venue would be a different social platform. So we did Facebook and Instagram and Periscope. And I think we did TikTok maybe and a couple others. And it was fun. We kind of like did a tour. So I was on different platforms, but I was just, you know, in in my house every time in my pajamas. So it was a lot of fun. And um, yeah. it ended up going for over 22 weeks. I thought because it was longer, we, actually. It was a long time because we did the initial like week 
And then my fans were like, no, like keep doing this. We want to do more live streams. We love seeing you. And I was like, okay. And, you know, we had good viewers and stuff. So we decided to do every Sunday night for 22 weeks. And it was a lot of fun. It definitely helped me feel more connected to people. It definitely helped reach new people. I remember I'd be on, on the Facebook live and I would see people be like, Hey, I'm from Sweden or Hey, I'm from Australia or I'm from just every state all over America. And it was so cool because it was like, wow, we're all like stuck in our homes right now, but we're, we're all connecting with music. So it was I would really do the fun. watch parties and you were one of the most popular where you'd see so many people jump on and I'm like saying, well, you better donate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was great people me. donated. That was, that was my rent money right there. So that was pretty great. It literally, my fans literally got me through. I'm not even exaggerating. They literally paid my bills over the course of the pandemic. So I could never thank them enough, but it was, it was, it was so much fun. And like I said, it was just a good way to keep connecting with people, even though we were all like stuck on our couches. And I think too, you really like seeing any of your shows and Paul could speak to this too. You really connect with the audience. Great. You thank get, you. And, and you're yeah. so seamless in terms of jumping around on there, switching guitars, mandolins, and everything. We else. do a lot of switching. I, I always feel awkward when I'm in the middle of switching from like guitar to mandolin to ukulele to electric. And I'm like, sometimes I'll tell my bass player to tell a joke because I'm like, it's too quiet. So I tell a joke, like do something. You never <laughs> want to ask me to do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> And you also get like, in terms of like you do, you segue from covers to your own music so smoothly. And like Thank I you. said, I'm one of those, every time you do Cowboy Take Me Away, though, I'm singing it for a week. Oh, that's one of my favorite songs. So I'm glad, I'm glad you I, like that one. I've always liked that, but I like them all. But I'm also one of those more alternative guys in local music scene. So a lot of the stuff you play from like the mainstream country, I, I associate it more with you. I, I like that. I like that. Except I look like Taylor Swift because I said I born on the same day. A lot of people have snake before. But you've actually <laughs> met her, I think, haven't you? I have. I got to meet oh. her and her mom. And uh, one of the best days of my life. She is like one of the biggest reasons I do what I do. She's honestly like the reason I live in Nashville. And she's like my number one inspiration. And just I, I adore her. But I'm a fangirl. <laughs> if you ever meet Amelia Clark, make sure you put pictures up. But I will. Also, Randy Travis, you're like have a special little relationship with him. In terms right. of I do know Randy. He is so kind. He's so sweet. And just the fact that he like knows I exist is a lot to process. Um, but yeah, Randy's amazing. I think being a fan is an important thing that people forget. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when you're an artist, you get all absorbed in your own thing and, oh man, I hope people like me. And then, but, but if you like other people and other music, then you're going to kind of have a good idea about maybe what works and what doesn't and all that. Absolutely. Yeah. And being an artist myself, when I'm a really big fan of someone else, I always think like, okay, what would mean a lot to me if a fan said it to me? I try to do that for those artists. Like right. I know, like, you know, pre-saving songs and streaming their music and just leaving comments about their songs, going to their shows, things like that. I'll try to do that. And, you know, I know how much it means to me. So I want to, I want to do that for the artists I love. You well, know you're in Nashville, Nashville, so you do they that. Like, go away, you, you have no talent. Get out of here. It's yeah. a rough business. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing, like, I mean, yeah, I'm sure people ask, like, Greg and me for selfies a lot, or hot just your wink. <laughs> but you, you're in Nashville. So is there anybody you've ever just seen and go, okay, this is one person I'm intimidated by, like, so much? Yes. Reba. 
I saw Reba um, about like two weeks after I moved to Nashville. So I was pretty new to the area and I was just getting some coffee with some friends just to be like, hey, welcome to town. And we're getting coffee at this this little coffee shop downtown. And all of a sudden Reba McIntyre just walks by and I'm like, what? Uh, that's Reba. Like Reba is walking by and they're like, oh, yeah, she lives down the street. She's here all the time. And I was like, what? <laughs> Reba McIntyre and like it was so funny because I was just watching her tv show Reba and so I was already just kind of in like Reba mode and then she walked by and I was like ah and she just oh she was like even more beautiful in person and just was like glowing and I was like oh my god (laughs) it's Reba um and I've been told that Reba is actually incredibly nice and I could have gone up and said hi to her and she would have been fine with it but I was like so intimidated so scared i was like oh my god it's reba it's reba and yeah that was uh if you happen to be there again and she happens well that's that's something too because you don't know what kind of day those people might be having they might not they might be there just to get away from you know you don't know if you can go up to them or not so it's probably you're on the side of caution but yeah and nashville is interesting because we don't have paparazzi here it's actually not allowed um, which I love wow, about the city, but it's kind of like common knowledge that if you see someone, you don't go up and say hi because this is where they live. And right. like, they yeah. don't want to be, you know, they don't want to be followed and fangirled over. I mean, some people like you can just say, Hey, love your music. You're awesome. Like that's totally acceptable. But I mean, especially being someone else in the music industry, I'm really careful about that. Cause I don't want to like you know, make a fool of myself in front of Reba. And then like down the line, I meet her in a professional setting sometime and she'll be like, oh, you were that crazy girl I met by the <laughs> coffee shop. You imagine so. Alyssa, like do that. You get somebody tells you in management or somebody, Reba McIntyre likes your stuff. She wants you to open for her. Then she meets you and oh, oh, uh, maybe oh you're the crazy girl. <laughs> uh, I have had kind of a close call with that. Um, I'm a huge fan of Hunter Hayes, who's I just think he's awesome. And years ago when he first came out with stuff, I was like his biggest fangirl ever. And I met him a bunch of times and long story short, I met him so many times that he like knew who I was as a fan. And I would tell him like, I'm going to move to Nashville someday. I'm going to move to Nashville someday. I'm going to do what you do. And then I kind of like dropped it. Cause I was like, wow, I was like a big fangirl. I was like very crazy. I need to tone <laughs> it down. And so I moved to Nashville obviously. And I'm getting pizza downtown one night. This is like eight years later who is at the pizza shop, but Hunter Hayes. And he remembered me because he has wow. the craziest memory in the world. He was like, yeah, I met <laughs> you in like in this place at, with this. Right. And I was like, what? what? Yeah. Um, and like, I know people that know him and he like recognizes my name now. And I've seen him at shows and it's just like, it's very awkward. And I'm like, crap, he knows who I am because I was an insane fangirl. So I can never write with him. I can never play a show with him because I'm just too embarrassed at this point. So, <laughs> well, you know, that's a situation. It's a situation. If you're ever in, if you ever can't avoid being in the same place, you just got to just, all right, we all know. Here's the elephant in the room. I was right. a huge fangirl of yours. Right. I would just and have to get out of the way. I feel like an like... idiot sometimes. <laughs> and, if they think, you know, I I feel like people like that are like, you have a genuine human moment with people who are used to like, you know, and now you have things in common, you know? Yeah. It's, it's and like we have friends in common. Yeah. yeah. We have friends in common. We technically worked on a song together, technically. And like, just all these things. And I'm like, we're getting too close now. Like, but yeah, if it ever happened that we were like in the same room for any reason, I would literally just be like, all right, look, I know you know who I am. Let's just forget that all and start over. I'm still a fan, but I'm not insane anymore. (laughs) Because I was that girl that would like, 
go to the concerts, travel to different states, make the, the puffy painted shirts, make posters, get the glow sticks, like the crazy stuff. I would like look for the tour buses. I would wait outside the venues. Like I was that person. Concerts were my life. I would like stay up all night or get up really early in the morning to buy tickets. Like that is what I would do. So I just, yeah. It's, I think we it's all do that. Like one time we, I, we did that. We got up at four in the morning and waited and I would like go mm-hmm. see Jason Isbell anywhere. And I remember one of my friends met him and he goes, uh, I met you back when you were with the drive-by truckers. He goes, was I a real dick to you? He goes, that's when I was drinking all the time. Yeah, that's, that's, the, yeah, that's the skinny with, yeah, there, there was the whole I, drive-by truckers period was like, but they've, you know, that it's all, I, from the from fences have all been mended then, you know, people change and it's a, yeah. kind of an uplifting story when you hear about it because they're all, yeah. Yeah, we're all close again. We have a Nashville hot chicken up here now too. I heard I heard I have to try it and see if it's authentic or not because I know Nashville hot chicken now so yeah I'll be there you gotta give a review when you're up here again I do do. some of us we could barely get our socks out of the laundry during lockdown (laughs) I struggled you were busy and you actually put together this very cool it's signed oh, by you too, unless you and Tyler sign in. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I did sign that, yes. <laughs> sure. I know you signed his in person, but I got this by mail. So <laughs> have, you, have you ever Which seen a cat um, print on it too? <laughs> uh yes, I would believe that. My cats, whenever I'm trying to pack up merch orders, they're like all over them. And I'm always worried because I'm like, what if this person's like deathly allergic to cats and now there's cat hair on it? Like I'm going to be responsible. So I try to keep them off of it, but they, they get really curious, especially when I'm writing with the marker, my cat will try to like grab it out of my hand. So it's always, it's interesting, but yes, I really signed that. I promise. Okay. Okay. I trust you. (laughs) I wanted to ask her, I wanted to ask her real quick. Do you know, I I can't remember her last name though, which kind of makes me feel stupid, but Kate, Somebody or other plays violin. She's yeah, Kaylee, Kaylee, right? Kaylee, Kaylee. actually, Kaylee she's O'Connor, the person. Kaylee O'Connor, right? She's the yeah. person I was getting coffee with when we saw Reba. Oh, sweet! I know her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, she's awesome. She's great. She's great. I, I I was on a track that I didn't see her session, but I did a drum track on something that she later did. She's excellent. She's amazing. Yeah, she's nice she's person. awesome. Yeah. Let's go. But now, Hi, Paul. Actually, How you doing? <laughs> you finally see something. Yeah. One thing I was going to ask you too, and before we go into the album, I think one time I heard you on your comfy couch you say you've written like around five hundred songs. Probably more than that at this point. Yeah, I write a lot. Um, I mean, they say that a Nashville songwriter, like your work is at least 100 songs a year, at least, usually more because most of us write. Greg writes three a year. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I'm behind the curve. (laughs) It's a grind. I mean, for for writers that do this, you know, professionally, I guess you could say um, we write Monday through Friday. Usually we'll have one to two writes a day. And I mean, the goal is always to get like a song per session, but yeah, the number they throw around is a hundred songs a year. So if you're not at least meeting that, then you got to step it up a little bit. But I mean, if I had to honestly guess at this point, I'd probably say I've written maybe almost 700 songs. I mean, I've written quite a lot. (laughs) Um, Does this come just with being, are you just in, I mean, you're very talented. You're sort of a natural, but does it just come with practice over the years? You get the idea and you just get information. Like you might see the cat behind Paul. That might be a song, you know? Yeah. 
that's that's going to be my next song the cat behind paul <laughs> um <laughs> you know for me it's just kind of always been what i've done um i did it naturally when i was really little and even though i didn't know what i was doing i would be making up these little songs in my head and just kind of singing them and playing them around the house and i thought everybody did that i thought that was just like a normal thing and uh found out <laughs> it wasn't i was the weirdo <laughs> I think and, I'm going to write uh, one now after you so you opened up. I'm going to try to write something called Platforms and Pajamas. Yes. <laughs> you're on all these I, platforms I in your pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> I approve. Um, but I think like over the years, you do kind of have to, you know, kind of develop that skill. I mean, the first few songs I wrote were awful. They were terrible. Um, and over the years, you know, you keep writing, you get better, you kind of learn what melodies work best, what kind of melodies stick in people's heads the best, um, like how long a verse should be, how long a chorus should be, um, interesting phrasing techniques, chord progressions, things like that. So it's definitely, I think it's something that people are born with, um, but you can absolutely improve yourself. You can absolutely learn how to do it. For me, it just kind of happened. I've always done it and I've just, um, tried to get as good as I can at it through just doing it over and over well, and over all day, every day. Better. I actually look forward to everything you do because it's so good. It really oh, is. Oh, thank you. The thing about it, too, I'm working with one of my friends who I think is a very good songwriter in Andy's studio and watching those two, I'm like the pet. I'm the cat. I can't do anything. <laughs> I just sit there for emotional support, but it's a natural talent. But Andy's amazing because she'll play one chord. Oh, it's that song. Oh, it's that. It's like Andy come to earth <laughs> you know. but they're so talented but I think like it's just like for her it's just she writes it out and I think you when you're creative you create and you just come up with these things and you can't teach it yeah it's definitely you know I always say and it's it's said all over it's not my saying but you don't choose music music chooses you and I think it's definitely something that just lives inside you um, like everything I've ever done has kind of been revolved around music, even though I didn't maybe try to make it around music. And it's just, yeah, like you said, creatives create, like I have this urge to create stuff. So even if I'm not writing music, I'll be writing poetry. I'll be doing like fun DIY projects. Um, I like to like make my own clothes sometimes, like just something creative. It's, it's just what I love to do. So yeah, it's definitely something that's, that's kinda, brand of pickles in your gotta come. I could feel a it. brand of pickles, pickles is, pickle come. Yes. is next on the list. I, yes. I really think, um, you know, uh, what the uh, guitarist from Faith No More uh, quit the band to raise giant pumpkins. Wow! I found that out a little wow. while ago. Apparently, interesting. <laughs> Jim Martin, the ex-guitarist from Faith No More, had a lady raises huge street. pumpkins. That's what he does. A lady on my street grew Turkish pumpkins. Her whole front yard was littered with these giant the leaves, you know, from the pumpkin, and she grew Turkish pumpkins. She said some were like 30, 40 pounds or some something like that. Yeah. Well, but I got a quick, I got a quick question for you, Melissa. Yeah. So when you're the when you're there, how do you like like I don't know how long you've been there. How long have you been out there? Uh it'll be six years in January. Okay, so you're fairly established. It's, you know, but I mean when you first get out there, how do you approach the hi, I write songs? Like, yeah, big deal. So does everybody else. So how do you <laughs> how do you approach that with people without and have the confidence, you know, because I'm kind of curious because I don't know how I would do it. Yeah. So when I first got here, uh, my, the biggest thing I was doing was just reaching out to everybody I knew that had any kind of connection here, whether they lived here or knew people here. And I would just say, Hey, do you think you can hook me up with someone to get coffee or to do a writing session? And, you know, I got hooked up with people through, um, 
NSAI, which is a songwriters thing here in Nashville, and just going to writers rounds and really getting my name out. And I think one of the biggest things that I have found is just word of mouth, because if you write with people and they're impressed with you and they like writing with you, they will take you into other writers rooms and they will introduce you to other people. And then I do the same for people that I really like to write with. So that is really how I have met a lot of my favorite co-writers is just, you know, kind of getting into that writing session, proving myself saying, look, I I'm serious about this. I'm really passionate about this. Show them how I write my stuff. And, you know, if we hit it off, then it kind of, it leads to more relationships and whatnot. Um, but it is kind of a cliche thing in Nashville to like go up to someone that you, you don't know at all, just because you want to write with them and say, Hey, let's write sometime. Like that's like a big, there's like yeah. t-shirts that say it on it. It's just kind of a cliche, funny thing. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's word of mouth. And it's when I first got here, all the writers rounds I did, which is like the acoustic songwriter shows. I did so many of those. Um, and that really helped like get my name out to show people like, Hey, I'm in town. I want to do stuff. And just, yeah, just like, yeah, you gotta be visible. sure you're on you your sh- game. You gotta be show up at a lot of things and be visible. Yeah. It makes sense. Yes. Showing up is like 95% of Nashville. You gotta be here. You gotta do everything you can and just show up. Yeah. It's also so great seeing people be from here from East Rochester, like seeing people who've just done so well from here. It's just awesome. We have so much talent that comes out of here. I yeah, think I know, like more people in I've met, than here for a while. Maggie. I know I've met so <laughs> many people from all around upstate New York, from Buffalo, Syracuse, Rochester, all over. There's like some kind of weird connection with upstate New York and Nashville. There's so many people here. It's it's cool, though. I've met so many fellow New Yorkers and I don't feel quite like a uh, an oddball northerner, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be such an eclectic mix of people in Nashville over the years that it I I feel like it would surprise people you know down there because it's such a yeah you know it's such an industry town but it also seems to have never lost that kind of you know uh like charm that kind of like you know that that old school country charm and I feel I, I probably I probably fit in a little better in Austin just because it's a weirder place. <laughs> I don't know. Nashville's pretty eclectic. Also, I moved yeah. my computer because there's a bug over there and I didn't like it. So I, I moved. If you're wondering what just happened, Smart. if you're like, why is she moving? Uh, there's a bug. So that's oh, one yeah. thing about the South I don't like is the bugs. But anyway. Yes. We got a pretty bad up here this year, though, too, during the summer because it was really wet. Like, really yeah. feel like we're well you actually brought on my next question you said the word diy now you ever want to do the be afraid of Alyssa? what she ain't ever going back <laughs> she did. and it did have a very good um, message to it but you are a little scary in it <laughs> you know it's so funny when i showed my parents that video they were like is it a little too much? Is it too, is it too edgy? Is it, is it too much? Um, and I don't want to like give away the ending in case anybody wants to watch it, but it's pretty dark. And they were like, does that have to be the ending? Like, can, can we make it a little, like, I don't know, not so mean. And I was like, no, that's the point. Um, (laughs) but it was so fun to do that because, you know, anybody that knows me knows that I'm like, I try to be positive all the time. I'm pretty bubbly. I'm pretty energetic. I'm pretty like go, go, go. You're with the, the shovel from the video. I see. <laughs> what song was this? I uh, never spur. going back. Look up there. I'll yeah. send you the video. You have to see okay. The video. I've heard yeah. the song, but I have to see the video because I, uh, yeah. You know, that's the thing too. I got to ask you is like, ha- have you gotten that from 
other people like you know as you know did you it was that a thing you had trepidation about like kind of showing that side or did was it like more freeing because I feel like yeah um I really wanted to do something like that because I feel like you know like I was saying like people that know me know I'm very like bubbly and I like to be positive and things like that but you know I do also love the drama and just the cinematic stuff and and um you know everybody kind of has that side of them that is I don't want to say darker, but everyone has that side of them that's a little more uh, intense, I guess you could say. Yeah, um, we went, so we went to see Venom. Let there be carnage yesterday. That was pretty dark. And- <laughs> <laughs> that's more like a just big cartoon. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this bug over here is really following me. So I'll do it one more time. <laughs> you got a fan. So we're gonna I do have a fan. Ah, don't do that. My vertigo. Ah! Alyssa and Bug are our guests today. So, yes. so I guess what I'm really asking is, when are we going to see your Chris Gaines? <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm fast, I've, I will never stop being fascinated with that yeah. kind of swing for the fences that everybody kind of still makes fun of. But at the same time, add some top 10 hits with that, you know, and, and some good songs. But I'm just like, I think, uh, you know, everyone has a little something that they, you know, you know, just like every once in a while, just kind of come out and show some different side of yourself. I don't know. But, totally. You know. And I mean, I, one thing that was really important for me with this record that ain't ever going back is on was to show every part of me as an artist right so I wanted to show like you know the bubbly side I wanted to show the darker side I wanted to show the fun side I wanted to show the serious side so it was a lot of fun to do that video that song too um but especially the video just to like show that side of me Mm. and it was cool too because people weren't expecting it and I was kind of trying to tease it with my fans and be like you're not ready like it's (laughs) gonna be intense and um yeah that was that was a lot of fun and just just like a cool thing to like I said, show people a different side of me and kind of get to like play a character too and just really that's take never, on that role. And, fun. and, and <laughs> yeah, <show> your boyfriend. <laughs> he was a good sport about it. When we, we did the video treatment, I was like, hey, babe, would it be okay if I kill you? <laughs> and he was like, Was it your what? version of Good Boy by Earl by the Chicks sort of in yes, a way? Yes, I love that song. Actually, that's how I describe it to people when I do my yeah, live shows. Yeah. I'll be like, hey, if you like Goodbye Earl by the Chicks, yeah like you might like this and uh yeah I love that song so much and I actually like I never kind of made that correlation there until I had some fans comment on the video and say oh this reminds me of Goodbye Earl and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever because I love the chicks so much they're a huge influence on me and I was like oh my gosh people are comparing me to the chicks holy cow and I thought it was the coolest thing ever but yeah it's kind of like the uh the not as uh not as fun sister to goodbye earl <laughs> yeah. it's a little darker a little, a little bit darker a little bit more it's a little darker i feel like goodbye earl is very like makes you want to party and jump it's funnier, ain't ever like going back humorous. yeah it's, it's got the humor to it ain't ever going back is straight up like serious there is no humor but i will say if you saw the video you got to go watch the behind the scenes footage because there's there's a scene in the music video when tyler and i are fighting and with the videographer, the producer, he was like, all right, just like scream at each other. I, I don't care what you're saying. Just scream at each other so we can get this shot. And I was like, what do we scream about? Like, we don't scream at each other. And he was like, just come up with something. So then we were making up a fake argument about pizza. And uh, it's just it's so funny because like the the scene is so serious and like 
intense. And then if you watch the behind the scenes, we're like, no, I want pineapple on my pizza. Just like really <laughs> stupid stuff like that. And like, we only got like five or six seconds, but it was in slow-mo. Yeah. So it was okay until we started laughing every time. Cause it yeah, was so that's, funny. That's we're where like... you run the risk with that, where you'll say something so silly. Yeah. We, also... there were, there's a lot of laughing in there that uh, we had to cut out from the video, obviously. You can also go the other route and be like, I love you so much. I can't take it sometimes. I'm going to hit you with the shovel. Right. right? You in the yes. Woods. Yes. yes. But also, I think thing, and I, one thing I very much like about you, and I try to promote it on this show is positivity and how mm. music brings people together. But you're not afraid to tackle serious issues. Like at the end of the video, you talk about a very serious issue, domestic violence. And you've done Because I'm a Girl, which enlightened me because I never knew about this in the country music thing about how difficult it is. Is for female artists mm. and i remember i said to you before i wanted to get to the point where we don't, where we don't say female artists we just say artists right yeah absolutely yeah i mean a really important thing for me is that people know what matters to me and they know what i'm passionate about on top of music so i'm really really passionate about you know equality and women's rights not just in music but in general. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, when we did the ain't ever going back music video, it was really important to me that we added that at the end because I didn't want people to see the video and think I was using that subject matter to, to like get bigger myself. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want them to think I was just using the subject matter. I wanted to make sure that, you know, there was a call to action. It wasn't just, Hey, look at the story. It was, Hey, this is a serious thing that happens and yeah, it's right. not okay. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I mean, my fans know that I'm, I'm very vocal about stuff that I, that I care about. And I think too, being an artist, when I see other artists and they just kind of remain silent about stuff mm-hmm. that you don't even know what they care about, you know what I mean? I don't know. That kind of, it makes me sad because I think artists are given a really unique platform and a way to connect with people. And, you know, you don't need to shove it down people's throats or anything like that, but I think, it's such a powerful thing to use that platform to try to make change in the areas that you are passionate about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, how you said that because I am a girl kind of opened your eyes to stuff. That was, that was a huge thing for me. I remember when I released that song, I got quite a few hate messages from people saying, Oh, you're just making a big deal out of it. Blah, blah, blah. Like this isn't real, blah, blah, blah. But then I got so many messages from people just like you saying, I didn't know this was a problem. And now I do. And that is just huge for me because, you know, if you can make one person see the issue, if you can make one tiny little step of change, that is just incredible, you know? And that's the best way to see it because, you you know, we talk, people talk a lot about how, you know, it's like, they'll post something and then they'll have like 400 really positive messages and then one really nasty one. And that's the one they fixate on. And that's such a problem we have in this day and age is focusing yes. on the negative, because if you just push that aside, you see almost in every case, you'll see so much more positive things. And to me, it's just like, when you see that, it's like, well, you know, you're still that you're still getting people to think. And sometimes yeah. you might come across people who think differently, but that's, but that's how you know you're reaching all those people, you know. It just, right, uh, you, yeah. You, you just kind of set that aside and you keep focusing on the positive. That's yeah, right. absolutely. I, mean, that's, I try to push positive, positive, positive. Yeah. positive. I think it, 
my stage of life. You want to just be around positive people because mm-hmm. what's good complaining about stuff, but you really like the right. color blue, I think too, because of baby blues and stilettos. <laughs> and how did this is now this, I think is just a tremendous album. It's just, Thank you. You know, Thank it's you the so best much. one till your next album. well that's always the goal right uh thank you so much though yeah this album was a huge a very huge thing for me how did you you put put this together all yourself and during our dear lockdown while I was busy trying to like find the sock in the laundry you were doing whole albums (laughs) and how did this come together you produced it did you play on most of it or have I did yeah so I produced the whole record myself and I played probably like 90% of the instruments on it as well. I'm a writer on every song, some stuff I wrote by myself. Um, so, I mean, it's truly me in an album. And like I said earlier, I really wanted it to show every part of me as a writer, as an artist. So I wasn't really concerned with like like a big thing in Nashville when artists are working on stuff. It'll be like, oh, you need two ballads. You need five up tempos. You need this many, blah, blah. And I didn't want to do that. I just wanted the absolute best songs that represented me, showed what I'm about. And just I wanted people to know who I am after listening to the record. You know what I mean? So um, again, after everything got shut down, I was trying to figure out, you know, how is this record going to happen? Is it going to happen? I promised one for my fans. And uh, I am very independent when it comes to pretty much everything. And I don't like to be told no. Um, so instead of, you know, everything being shut down and being like, oh, well, the, the record's going to have to wait for months or years, who knows how long. I thought, you know what? No, I'm just going to do this myself. I have all the tools. I have the experience. I've wanted to do this for a long time. And I think the pandemic kind of just pushed me to do it and take that leap of faith. But Pretty much all summer and fall, I was writing and recording for this record, and I did it by myself in my studio while the whole world was locked down, and I would basically just be in my studio all day, every day. I would, like, get groceries delivered. I wouldn't really leave, (laughs) and uh, um, yeah, I, I did it completely by myself, and it was really, really tough. It was really stressful. I actually had to replace most of my studio setup in the middle of it, my interface, didn't work anymore. My computer didn't work anymore. So those are like the biggest parts of it. And I had to replace them. So that was interesting. Um, and then I, you know, when I finished it, I was just kind of like, Holy cow, like we did it. Yes, we actually did. made a record. Cow, they may not know you were well rewarded. What happened when it came out is amazing. Wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so we released it in March of this year and we charted in the top 10 on iTunes, which was insane. My goal was just to get on the charts in general, which is like <laughs> top 200. And so when it came out, you know, I, I wasn't trying to get my hopes up. I kind of had them up if we're going to be honest, but I was really trying to like be realistic about it. And I was like, okay, it's, it's not a big deal if it doesn't happen. I knew we had a really good amount of pre-orders. And I knew that people were going to be buying it. So I was really hoping. And so I stayed up late and I was up pretty much all night. And I remember I just watched it shoot up the charts and then it hit number nine is where it got. And I was right below Carly Pierce, who I love. And it was, uh, there were a lot of waterworks happening. I was so happy. And then um, in the first week, it got over 300,000 streams on Spotify and Apple Music. So it was, it was pretty nuts um, just to you know, have something that you really put your all in to have it be received like that and to have it get any kind of recognition. And now it's nominated for album of the year with the women of country here in Nashville, which is 
so amazing. I was not expecting that. Um, and it's just, you know, just to, to work so hard on something and have people just basically say, Hey, I heard it. I hear you. Like I see you, you know, just to be acknowledged when you put all that time and effort and blood, sweat and tears in. And it was just, it was so rewarding. And, um, it was, like I said, it was just such a huge thing for me. And this album really feels like my child. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it was an incredible thing. I still can't believe like saying it out loud still feels weird. I think it's incredible. It's great. Also too, aren't you nominated for country woman of the year? Yeah, I'm nominated for album of the year. How do you vote for Alyssa for this? So you go Don't to be humble. <laughs> <laughs> you go to uh, womenofcountry.com. It's on my website too. And you can vote as many times as you want uh, up until December. Oh, just 1st. like the elections. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I'm just kidding. We don't talk about that stuff. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I will intercept all the votes and tear them up. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So I was, I was so just like blown away when I got not one, but two nominations. I was really, really hoping for album of the year nomination. If we're being honest, like I was really, really hoping. And then it came out and I was like, Oh my gosh. And then we got artist as well. And I was like, I don't even like, no. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful to be nominated in general and just like seeing my name next to these artists names like Carrie Underwood and Miranda Lambert and Carly Pierce and the chicks and Casey Musgraves. And it's just, it's insane, you know, again, just to like have something you work so hard on, have stuff like that happen is, is so rewarding and just, women in I'm rock, so thankful. Was it women in country that was it? What is the site? I believe it's women in country. I could send it to Next I'll women of country.com. It it's on okay. my website. I'll I don't want to get the, I don't want to get the URL wrong, but it's on my I website. Also, I also like Instagram. the point of like, you should be glad about this i don't like people who say oh no i hope my thing doesn't do well i no you put all the work into it you want people to like it you want feedback yeah Yeah, yes and you know if you release something that you don't believe in 100 people are going to see that you know and i've seen it so many times you have to be excited you have to be so 100 behind it and passionate about it Otherwise, it's going to do nothing. You know, if right. you want it to do nothing, it's going to do nothing. So, so you, you did this project because of the pandemic, the way you did it. I mean, would you going forward now, would that change the way you record or approach a recording project? Actually, it's funny you say that because I did a Christmas record that's going to be coming out in a few weeks. And I self-produced that as well. And I don't know, honestly... I do love going into recording studios and working with other producers, working with other musicians, but I have really just found my thing, I guess you could say, just doing it myself. I love having that picture of what I want something to be in my head and bringing it to life myself. And then just listening to it afterwards and being like, I did this, this is me. This wouldn't even exist without me. You know, I think that right. there's something so cool about that. The sense and of accomplishment must be just, it is, know, that's it's, it's got to carry you through. It's <laughs> like just the, it's so rewarding. And yeah. um, I don't know, I'll probably someday in the future, I'm sure I'll go back into a studio at some point, but as of right now, I honestly love doing it myself. Um, it's a lot cheaper for being real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Studios are expensive in Nashville and um, yeah, I love the whole studio thing, but I just, I truly love doing it myself too. And I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I don't know what the future will hold, but I'll always be involved in the production, which I always have been, but um, I don't know. I guess it'll, it'll depend. We'll see. And you don't repeat yourself. I heard a story from Norma 
Yarmouth Calcanet was in Rochester uh, earlier this year. It was one of the first concerts I saw after uh, everybody was back out. And he was talking about, it was a really intimate show. And he was talking about the fact that you know, he did a, a, a broadcast concert every Sunday through the pandemic. He was working in the studio on his own a lot. And he just decided to get some friends together with a mobile and do an album in like a week and a half. So between the time he had the idea for the album, no songs written, and the time they wrapped it up was like two weeks with a mobile. Wow. And he, it was it was like just getting a group of, of songwriters together and working together because what they really missed was the fact that they were so isolated. Uh, yeah, know, that's so, amazing. Two weeks. That's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. like the quickest turnaround time I've ever heard of. Yeah, he's like he's like 85 and he's like, oh, just, wow, he's as fry as all of us. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> he's got a great syndicated show, great. too, that I hear every now and then on R.U.R. I think he has it here. Yeah, you're McCaugan. I forget acoustic something or other. It's a it's a good show. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, you know, listen, you were saying. I think people get the idea. I think that songwriters. Well, I just write songs because I like to write songs. But if you can't get them across to anybody, right. then you know, I mean, if you're just writing them for yourself, it's really not the point. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's like different. I guess, levels of songwriting, I guess you could say. Um, like, it's totally fine to just write for yourself and not want to release it. That's 100% fine. But when it comes to, you know, trying to be commercial about it, trying right. to get it out there and, you know, make a living on it, there's definitely there's definitely an art to it. And there's, there's certain things that you kind of have to keep in mind with it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want right. to say there's rules because there's not necessarily rules and rules are made to be broken. But, you know, it's different when you want to do it as a business, there's a lot that goes into it. It's right. more than reach, just writing. You have to reach a lot of people with certain concepts and that are universal, I guess. Yeah, really sure. That once you write about universal things and that's usually how you get. Yeah. Get that's, that's also the biggest thing in Nashville is, um, you know, when they're trying to teach people how to write songs, you want to be really, um, conversational is the word they usually say, cause you, right. you want to feel real, <laughs> You want it to feel like people can really relate to it. You want to be super relatable. And right. there's yeah. really no such thing as being too relatable. So, yeah, you definitely have to make it so all these millions of people can relate to it and put themselves in the story, you know? Right. Exactly. That's the perfect way to say it. And the one thing yeah. I was going to say, now I'm not going to put you on the spot because it's an unfair question in terms of favorites, but are there any interesting stories behind like maybe one of the songs on the album or like something when you recorded it or? Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like there's a story for every single song. I have three. Do you want me to tell you the three? If you want to be here, go on. <laughs> They're short. Um, so the first one called Pickle Jar, which we talked a little bit about earlier, um, I had actually released that song back in, I want to say 2014 or 2015. And I ended up taking it off of streaming platforms and stuff because I just kind of, I kind of did like a fresh start with my artist stuff. Um, and that was no longer out there. And my fans had just loved that song so much. They really latched onto it and I would keep playing it at my shows. They'd request it. So when I was working on this album, I asked them, I said, Hey, would you like a new version of Pickle Jar or would you rather have a brand new song? And they all said, no, we want Pickle Jar. We want Pickle Jar. So <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I did a brand new version of it, which was super fun to kind of revisit something from so long ago. Um, the song Tell My Heart is actually about one of my favorite TV shows. And uh, it's about this show called The Vampire Diaries. And I remember we went to write the song and I had this idea 
And my co-writers were like, wow, that's a really cool idea. Where'd you get that from? And I was like, I don't know. It just kind of popped in my head. And then we wrote the song. We loved it. And later that night I went to watch the show and it just kind of clicked in my head. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I got this idea from the TV show. And I like unconsciously wrote this song about the characters. Um, and then the third one is the song, My Turn. That song is 100% me. It was written solely by me, produced solely by me, and I'm the only musician on the track. So that song is like 100% me. And that's one of those songs that I wrote kind of as like a diary entry, if you, if you will. It was just something I wrote to kind of deal with some stuff I was feeling. And I ended up loving the song and my team ended up loving the song and it ended up on the record. And uh, it also ended up as the final single off of the record. One of the things too, I just love too, is that I love like when we grow up, like one of my great friends, Rob Mount, you know, you grow up, you hear foreigner, he drummed for Lou Graham. So you grew up in East Rochester, you saw C-Mac. So what do you end up doing? You end up playing on the stage in C-Mac. Yes, that was insane. I actually have a, I have my thing framed from C-Mac right here. Oh, wow. um, that's our pass that got us like throughout the venue and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I was asked to play at C-Mac and I, I still can't believe that happened. Um, I just remember I was like sitting on my couch and they were like, Hey, do you want to play at C-Mac? The slot is yours if you want it. And I said, yes. And they were like, great confirmed. You're playing at C-Mac. And I just like jumped up and was like, Yay! And, like <laughs> did a happy dance and screamed. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And that day, I, the whole day was just insane, but actually one of the, there were two moments that really, really got to me. The first moment was we were doing sound check. And the first time I heard myself over the sound system, I strummed my guitar. I, it was so hard for me not to cry, just hearing that over the, the massive sound system and looking out at, at that venue. And I was like, how did I get here? You know? And then um, the other moment, well, other than just walking out in general, that was a big thing too. When they were like, Alyssa Trahan, and I walked out, it was like, woo, this is happening. Um, but we were singing Pickle Jar. We were playing Pickle Jar. And I looked out into the audience and I saw all these people singing along to it. And it was just, it was such a moment for me because, you know, I'm singing this song that I wrote by myself on this stage that I have dreamt about literally my whole life. And these people that came to see us are in the seats at this incredible venue and they're singing the words to my song. And just, I don't know how I made it through that song without crying. Like when I listen back to the audio, I can hear my voice getting shaky. Like I was wow. about to cry because I was, um, but it was just, it was so amazing. And I literally will never forget it ever. I still think about it all the time. I look at this little framed thing I have here and it just, I literally can't believe it happened. It was especially after the year, of the pandemic and all that just getting to do that was just so amazing and it meant so much to me you know it was it was truly a dream come true and I think after all you went to I'm so glad for you too because you went through that year and everything and it was so hard and then everything comes back it's all good it's like almost like karma coming back to get you yeah it was I kind of felt like that too I was like well we had a really tough year. So this is, this is like the universe telling you like, okay, sorry, here's a little peace offering. <laughs> you know, and the other but, thing too, is you have to do your own pickles. Can't you see, this is all the universe telling I know, you. It's all, <laughs> your own brand of I gotta do it. <laughs> yeah. I just think that, you know, it, it's 
the people who can take adversity and turn it into opportunity. And then you you wind up with something that you're more proud of than you probably could have been, even if you just went into the studio and, and worked with other people. It's just now you have this, this is all mine. And now you're like, this is the way I want to do it. So you just, you wouldn't have discovered this, that might not have discovered this, that hadn't happened, you know? Totally. So yeah. everything, you know, everything kind of balances out, you know, if you, if you stick with it and, and persevere and, you know, know your worth and your talent and know what you want to put out there. So. And I would say Absolutely. too, like, I've seen you play a lot of times. So, so I was going to ask, like, Paul saw you once. What were your thoughts of saying, listen, you've heard some of her music. What yeah, were your yeah. thoughts on her music? Just so I get other people who aren't as, like, aware fun. of your stuff is. you are. Fun, first of all. I mean, I really enjoyed watching you perform. I, I work with your drummer, not musically. We work at the same company. So oh, okay. that's, how I, that's how I discovered you was, you know, he'd say, I'm playing this week. And I said, oh, with Shades? And he goes, no, a country girl. So that's awesome that's awesome yeah it's great so so everybody in the office left work early to go see you play out at uh, uh bands of burning and it was just oh it was, yeah it was a gorgeous day it was fun music we were up front so we could see you all and that's it was, awesome it, it was just uh, a lot of fun and and like rob said earlier seeing you transition back and forth between covers which you really make your own and then your own music was was fantastic. And the instrument switches. The instrument switches just singing with the mic. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you hear? I, I thought it was great. Uh, you know, and and I get a real sense of, you know, of yourself in that. And now hearing about how you made it, it makes a lot more sense. And when you you're listening to that music, and and what you have to say, uh, that you know, I I feel that there's your perspective uh and and how you just you know your how you see life and 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 it's it's positive and then and serious and uh and you know you, you go all over the place which is great you know i i just you know how really need nice. i say it how has it been back on the road it's been interesting um it's been kind of a wake-up call because I definitely am not in the shape that I was in like 2019 before all this happened um but it was funny the band got together for a rehearsal because we hadn't played music together in like a year and a half you know so we got together and we were like how do we do this how do we do this again (laughs) It it was kind of funny but it was just so great um getting to do that again because I'll be honest, the first couple months of the lockdown, it was nice to relax a little bit and just catch up on sleep and, you know, take care of my health and eat healthy and focus on all that. But like playing live is such a thing for me and I need to do it in order to be happy. You know, I can't not do it. I truly can't. And I really learned that about myself through the pandemic because even though we got to the live streams, which helped a lot, not being able to connect with people at these live shows, it's, it's just different. I'm sure, you know, it's just a different energy. It's a different thing. And getting to do that again was like, you know, we're never going to take it for granted. We're just, we're so lucky to do it. We played at Marge's, I think, and I wish I could have been there, but I had issues back in August where I couldn't go anywhere for a bit. But what I like to see too, is like seeing like people I've seen play a lot. I like the reaction of people who haven't seen people because you get people just going, wow, she's really good. 
And you're like, ah, I know. Psych. <laughs> yeah. I know something it's, it's you great. don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's so great to play for new people for the sure. Thing is, yeah. How was your band? Now you played like your dad played at the Homesteads for Hope. You, I think this isn't, is this your band when you play up here? Like, or... yeah, they mainly do like the Northeast stuff. And then um, I honestly don't do very much band stuff here in Nashville because it's just such a different landscape. Um, really everyone does acoustic stuff down here unless you're doing like a showcase or like a one-off show like it's just so different than Rochester which is really interesting um but yeah they kind of do the whole northeast thing with me and then you know they're willing to travel if we can make it work and I don't know if they would be willing to do the whole tour bus thing we'll have to see we'll we'll cross (laughs) that bridge when we get to it but I did see your song circle stuff a few times from the radio station that you had on your page your various song circle stuff, which is now I, I like Christmas albums. I mean, some people scoff. I don't know if you were scoffing <laughs> at it or not, but I like you tell us a little. I saw one person shake his head, <laughs> but I like Christmas albums. I get one every year. I'll get yours. Can you say a little bit about it? Yeah. So um, my team had been trying to convince me to do a Christmas record for a while. Actually, last year they were like, Alyssa, you should do a Christmas record or at least a Christmas song. And I was like, y'all, I'm in the middle of working on this album. Where do you think I have that time? And they were like, yeah, Yeah. fine, whatever. And then this year I was like, you know, I have time. I think it'd be really fun. And one day in like June or something, I randomly got inspiration to write a Christmas song. And I was like, where did that come from? I don't know. (laughs) But then I was like, oh, maybe I should do a Christmas record. And I started looking into the logistics of it. And I was like, you know, I think I want to do this. So um it's actually an ep it has six songs on it there's going to be two originals and then four covers including a new version of my version of silent night which was on the jimmy kimmel show and i'm just excited to have it out there i feel like it's it's really different than my other stuff um again i produced it myself and i'm just really proud of it um I hope it makes people feel holly and jolly. And I don't Christmas like Christmas spirit. albums. I don't care what these guys say. I love Christmas music. You when it gets to be like year. the day after Thanksgiving, I am just blasting Christmas music <laughs> yes. and nothing else. So. And every, I, I like my Christmas collection includes drive by. They include the old ninety sevens, Jethro Tull, Tori Amos. I get like Christmas albums every year. So yours will be this year's. I have a, One of my I, favorites I, is Trans-Siberian Orchestra. That's my big, like, every Christmas I'll go through their whole discography and be like, all right, it's time for Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> something Always Greg, a must-see here. Were you going to say something, Greg, or not? <laughs> no, I just said, I said that's a must-see, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. But saying, I, have, I have a Simpsons Christmas album that I found in a good... Oh, nice. <laughs> now, like, are you, now, are you going to be back here in a couple months, or are you sort of done for the year? I am. I pretty much always come back around the holidays. Um, so I do have a bunch of shows around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, so I will be back. And then I'm booking stuff for next year that I'll be coming back a little bit. And still, um, you know, I like to see my family as much as I can. And while I'm in town, I'm like, why don't I play shows while I'm here? You know what I mean? So um, right. yeah, I'll be back. Don't you worry. Even though I'm living in Nashville, New York can't get rid of me 100%. So you still got to put up with me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll say goodbye. Don't you cry. You'll be back again someday. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's great. I'm looking forward to seeing you then. And hopefully we won't have like our blizzard weather or anything that we sometimes. That's the concern with winter yeah. shows. I'm always like, 
is my flight going to get canceled? Is the gig going to get canceled? Are the roads going to be bad? Like what is going to be happening? Who knows? Yeah. On the side of the road. (laughs) Yeah. But I just, it's just great to see like how far you've come and to see where you're going. It's just your incredible talent. I just, I don't just say this to anybody we can grab as a guest. You know, I really mean it. Oh, thank you. Oh, it's very impressive. You've done a lot. It sounds like you really got a good handle on it and you're very motivated and that's, I think you've got a good, that's true. I think you know where you want to go when you've got a good head on your shoulders. Yeah. I mean, I tried. You took (laughs) off with a shovel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I I just try to do the best I can. And, you know, I just always look at stuff like what has being down about stuff, what has anxiety ever gotten me, you know, nothing. Mm -hmm. So I just always look at it like, if I'm not where I want to be, how can I get there? Like, what are the obstacles in the way that I have to move out of the way and get there? You know, I'm very much like, um, I don't even know what the word would be, but I really just try to be like planned out about it. And I try to like, just be realistic about it, I guess. Um, you learned that at and... a younger age than I, and I've learned just whatever things we go through, you have to be positive and try to look Yeah, you. you have to. And if you just, whatever happened, happened, you can't change. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important to like acknowledge the negative feelings and things like that. Yeah. You can't just like push them out of your life. But I think, you know, just making yourself positive and see the positive and at least trying to find the positive because there is positive in everything yeah. that helps so much, you know, not just like in your career, in your life, but your mindset. And it's just, yeah, that's been the biggest thing for me. Like you said, just staying positive and stay in the course. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. to buy some stock in your pickle company. So let's get this going. <laughs> I will get that rolling. I will get that rolling. I, I think Greg's a dill pickle man too. I think he likes dill the best. Dill. Yep. Because we had, I was telling you Alyssa about while you were disconnected about the pickle mafia. Oh yeah. Great band. <laughs> and they great. do that, but thank, thank you very much for coming on. Yep. I know yeah. you're busy. Yeah. Now we'd like to play something from your CD, which I pre-ordered, which helped you 0.001% to get it number nine. I appreciate it. And I gave him one and he followed. So uh, it's your CD, your call. It's all blue. What would you like us to play from there? Oh, gosh. You can pick a number if you want from your songs. We could do it random. (laughs) I mean, we've talked so much about pickle jar. Maybe you should play pickle jar. I now. feel like I feel like pickle. You jar know what? Is it's calling. It's calling us. It's calling. Yeah. It's meant to be. So right. very good. Have fun in Nashville, and we'll Thank see you, you when you come up here. And all the best, and get that bug wherever it is. Oh gosh, <laughs> I know. I don't know where it went. It's somewhere in here. It's stalking me. <laughs> and need I say it? Thank you. It's Alyssa Trahan with uh, pickle jars. If you couldn't have guessed what we were going to play, obviously. <laughs> Thanks a lot. See you soon. Thanks, guys. Ah, the briny deep. Bye. <laughs> I don't need a man to love the woman that I am And I sure as hell don't need someone to make me feel complete I'm doing just fine, just my cats and I But don't worry, I ain't sad, being single ain't that bad Cause I'm strong and independent I can do whatever I want Open my own pickle jar 
on my 